podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it's the Cup of Tea Show uh, with me, Gareth Roberts and John Gibbons. And joining us today is a name uh, many will recognise, certainly around Liverpool and Merseyside, Les Lawson. Um, Les, I mean, for those that don't know you, um, as I say, plenty will. Uh, just tell us a little bit about you know who you are, um, how long you've been a Red, and um, how long you've been involved with the Supporters Club, which is how, how a lot of people will know you. Yeah, I'm chairman of the Merseyside branch of the official Liverpool Supporters Club. I've been on the committee since it started, basically, in 1993. Um, you know, we're not going now as strong as what we were, but we're trying to get it back up and running again as best we can. Um, re- with regards to me following Liverpool, um, I've been a supporter all my life. I can remember um, my dad taking me to a reserve game, and this will be going back. Um, and I remember it was Alec Lindsay's debut for the reserve, and he wow. scored. Um, and then I, I have a feeling it was Swansea in the FA Cup, which, which was my first game that my dad took me to. And it was just one of them, oh, we're going to go up and I'm going to take it up to the ground um, to let you see the players going in. And then you know, getting to the ground and the next thing I knew was inside. And, and from then on, I think like everybody else who goes to the first game, you just, you're just taken by the crowd and the noise yeah. and everything that goes on. And from then on, I was hooked. And What year was that, Les? That would have been probably about 1969-70, somewhere around there. I remember um, Liverpool won, I think, 4-1. And the likes of Ian St John and Roger Hunt were playing and Tommy wow. Lawrence. So it's going back, it's going back then. I mean, and then back then I used to have to let my dad take me to the games. I couldn't go by myself, of course. I was I was at the um, a lot of the games in 72-73 when we won the league. That was the first time I'd seen us win the league and I was there on the day that we won the league against Leicester and also against Leeds on the Easter Monday when we won, in, uh, to, which was basically the game that clinched us the league. And, you know, having to go and queue up from like half ten in the morning to get in and then my dad sit me on a wall and... Um, in the Anfield Road end at the time. And I could remember, um, you know, wanting to carry on going the games. I used to play for um, a football team on a Saturday called the Unity Boys Club. And I started uh, not getting picked. So I thought, so what am I going to do on my Saturdays? I was fed up just turning up and not getting played. So I thought, I'll start to go to the match. And I used to say to mum and dad, oh, you know, can I go to the match? And they used to say no, because in the 70s, there was a lot of trouble. Mm. And they weren't happy about me going by myself. They say, no, you can only go when you, when you, you, you know, if you go with your dad. So basically what it did was, I used to say to mum and dad, I was going to be mates on a Saturday. And I'd, I'd go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember one one day, I sort of said, oh, can I go to the match? And they said, yeah, you can go to the match by yourself, providing you go on the Annie Road end. So what they did was, um, they decided they would check up on me and so to go in the Annie Road end and look for me behind the goal where they told me to start to stand. And I wasn't there because I was in the cop. I never told them when in the cop. And as I say, um, and they, they got home. When I got home after the match, they said to me, oh, what was the game like? I said, oh, it was a good game. Um, well, where were you? We in the Annie Road end? Yes, I said, no, you weren't. We weren't looking for you. <laughs> so I got stressed out, but because it was all right, then they sort of relented because they, they, they'd rather know where it was. Mm. And I started, I started going and not missing the game. So we haven't missed a home game now since the start of the 1976-77 season, which started with Norwich City at home, which was David Johnson's debut. Um, 
We won one nil and Steve Highway scored. And obviously that season was one of the most memorable seasons you know, in Liverpool's history where we nearly did the treble. Yeah. Um and ended up winning the, you know, the European Cup for the first time. So to go to all the home games that season, I think that then really gets you hooked because you, you know, the excitement builds up right throughout the season until, you know, you finally win the league. And then you you know, there's Wembley the week after where, you know, I, I couldn't go because you know, we can go by myself. I couldn't get tickets. I didn't have a season ticket at the right, time. I didn't and, want to uh, watch that one anyway, did you? No. <laughs> Given and, uh, what happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But, you know, at the time, you know, you get to the final and you, you know, you want to go. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't, you don't think anything about, um, about sort of not going or you're not, you're not going to lose the game. And so I just remember, you know, being, fifth, what was I? I was 13 at the time. So just being absolutely gutted, you know, at the final whistle and, not wanting to see anybody. And I, I remember a funny story was um, I went to, at, at the end of the game, I, I don't like admitting this, but I had a, a lovely dog at the time. I kicked it off the arse at the end of the game and, <laughs> and stormed up to my bedroom and locked myself in the bedroom and wouldn't come out um, and wouldn't go to school on the Monday, wouldn't go to school on the Tuesday, wouldn't go to school on the Wednesday. And then obviously the Wednesday was the European Cup final. And um, on the Thursday morning, <laughs> because bounced out of bed yeah bounced out of bed you just wanted to sort of show off the um you know you'd won the you'd won the european cup and the thursday was my birthday so um you know they're going around the city with the european cup on your birthday there's not much better birthday present than that that's decent isn't it that's all right that we can't condone that pet abuse though Les. no, no I, need for that. I, I do <laughs> i hold my hands up and sort of say it out of order but, but i mean yeah. what, what, one of the reasons got got you in les and, and plenty plenty will sort of know this as well but um you know the record that you mentioned of not being able to go to uh, you know, sorry, go into every home home game since since that season. Uh, it looked like it was going to come under threat fairly recently because you've had you've had a bit of trouble, haven't you, mate, with your heart? Yeah, basically, just totally out of the blue, and and this is one of the reasons why you know I asked you to you know could have come on is to get the message across really to to everybody else. Now, I, I'm not somebody who who goes to the gym you know every night because that's not me, but I kept myself you know fairly fit by doing a lot of walking and basically this is where the Anfield rap comes in because what I used to do was for at least three miles every night I would walk the dog and when I'm walking the dog come rain, hail, snow, wind, whatever I would be listening to you know the shows that the, that the lads produce on here which is you know for five pound a month it's excellent value so you know anybody who doesn't subscribe please do because you know the lads do an excellent job but just moving on from that you know on the it happened on the um, the fourteenth of July. It was the day that Liverpool were playing against Wigan in the in the pre season friendly, and like everybody else, it gets up on the Friday morning, looking forward to seeing Salah make his Liverpool debut, and I felt fine. Um, you know, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I went into work, and I was I was I'd booked the afternoon off anyway, so at about half nine in work, I started to get. Um, like a pain down my breastbone and and I felt like I wanted to be sick. So I kept going to the toilet a few times and, you know, trying to be sick and was unsuccessful. But there'd be like a little bit of bile would come up and, and then the, the pain would ease a bit. So I'd go back to my desk and, and um, carry on working. And then I, I, that, that happened two or three times throughout the morning and then it got to going home time and I... 
I was due to go to Hat Scarf and the Badge to pick up a couple of T-shirts after work, and they actually rung Mick up and said, I can't come, I don't feel too good. So he said, no worries, just give us a, you know, a shout when you want to come back up. So I goes home, and I says, I said to my mum and Jamie, my lad, I don't feel well. Um, I said, I've got this pain right down my breastbone, and it's moving into my back, and I'm trying to be sick, and... I just feel if I can be sick, I'll be all right. Anyway, I was trying to be sick, must have been like for about two hours, and I just couldn't be sick. And by this time, I was absolutely knackered. So it comes to the point where something had to be done. So it was either ring the NHS um, line for advice or go to go to the doctors. And um, I went to the... My mum rung the doctors... And I spoke to somebody at the doctors and he told me to go up for an appointment at half past three. So I goes up to the doctors for my appointment and I got called in about 20 to four. And the doctor took my blood pressure um, and my blood pressure was slightly high, but she said, um, you know, there's no real, I'm not really too concerned because that could be just because you're not feeling very well, that your blood pressure's a bit high. So the next thing is she... She had to listen to me heart and she said, right, this is what I'm going to do. She said, how did you get to the surgery? She said, oh, I drove. She said, did you come by yourself? I said, no, my lad's with me. She said, what, what I want to do, she said, I, I prefer to be safe, rather be safe than sorry when it comes to anybody who's got chest pain. So what I want, want to do is I want you to go to hospital to be checked out. Is that okay? So I said, yeah, that's fine. She said, but I don't want you driving there, so what I'm going to do, she said, I'm going to call an ambulance because if I call an ambulance, you will get seen too quicker and we can find out what the problem is. So at that point, she calls Jamie in. She gives, she rings for the ambulance and she she's typing out a letter for me to give to the hospital. So she gives me the letter, um, which I give to Jamie to hold for me. And I'm sitting in the chair and next thing she said oh she looks out the window she said oh here's the ambulance now that was quick so next thing the nurse comes in and she's got an aspirin for me and some spray so i take the aspirin and then she gives the spray to the doctor and the doctor sprayed the spray under my tongue and she said what might happen now within a couple of minutes you might get a little bit dizzy and but that's fine that's what i expect to happen so i said okay so she sprayed the stuff under my tongue and sure enough, within a couple of minutes, I started to go dizzy. And next thing I remember is waking up on the floor surrounded by doctors and paramedics. Jesus. And the paramedic is saying to me, right, you're back with us now, Les, and we've had to shock you. Um, so next thing I know, I'm, I'm on a stretcher um, being taken to Broad Green Hospital. Um, and... I get to, get to the hospital, blue flashing light, paramedic in the back with me. Um, I goes into this little room and this nurse is in there. She gives me these two tablets to take. She said, just take these. And they must have been like a local anaesthetic. Within the next 10 minutes, I'm moved into another room where it's full of doctors. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm having this stem put into me, into me heart. Um, and... I was, I think it was like that for in there for maybe about half an hour, an hour. And next thing, I got taken up to the critical care unit at, at Broad Green, where I had, I also had a balloon put in my chest. Um, <clears throat> and what the balloon did, it was giving me heart arrest. So the balloon would take, 
take the pressure off my heart and let my heart recover. So every now and again, the balloon would have a beat and my heart would have a rest. And he had round-the-clock the care from uh, one-to-one nursing from the Friday night until the Monday tea time. Within that time from the Friday night, because I'd had the stem and it had gone up through my groin, I, um, I had to have a clamp on my groin in case the blood clotted. So I couldn't actually move my right leg. So I had to keep my right leg through the, the, the bed rest at the bottom where there was a hole and just keep it still. And you'd try keeping your, you know, when you want to try and go to sleep, you, you, you'd try keeping your, your legs still yeah, because, I mean, I'm a restless, mm. I'm a restless sleeper at the best of times. And the other thing was, was that every hour, my blood pressure got taken automatically. Um, so, so all, and all of this is just out and out of nowhere. This is you just, know, you're a, you're, you're a fairly healthy fella. You're, you're walking the dog regularly, like you said before, and then just bang. Yeah, just bang. So basically, you know, if you, if you, I mean, I've never want to go to the doctors anyway. You know, I think the, you know, one, you can't get an appointment nowadays, which is, it's very difficult. And two, you always think, oh, yeah, we'll go to bed for a couple of hours and then it'll be okay. I'm hardly ever off work. And the, the, the message here is <clears throat> that I've learned is that it's not what you can see if you've got a cold or a sore throat or maybe a cough or, you know, you, you've got a bad leg. Then you think, oh, you know, that will, that will go sort of better in a few days. You know, take paracetamol or go and get some throat lozenges or go to the pharmacist and get some advice. But it's the things that you can't see that, I mean, I didn't know that, that I was getting high cholesterol in me in my heart, which was, I mean, part of it was caused by high cholesterol and the other thing was hereditary. So my lad's got to be checked out now to make sure that, that he's okay and he's not going to suffer any, you know, long-term problems. But it's, if you're in any doubt, go and get checked out yeah. because, you know, by getting having that appointment and it might put you through an hour of inconvenience, but it's better going through that hour of inconvenience than actually going through what I went through. And I never thought for one minute that I was having a heart attack. I just thought I had really bad heartburn and it would go. Now, the moral of the story is if I'd have, if I'd have gone home and thought, right, I'm not going to go to the doctors, you know, I've, I've only got bad heartburn, I'll go to bed for a couple of hours, I wouldn't be here now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So basically, you know, any lads, lasses who are out there who've got the slightest, you know, concern about anything or there may be a member of your family who's talking about I've got a bit of discomfort in my chest or in my back or I've got I've got a pain in my jaw that you know not toothache pain in my arm go and get yourself seen to because it's better getting everything checked over and making sure you're okay or getting it diagnosed early than yeah. sort of waiting until you know, you flake out on the on the, the floor of the doctor's and luckily for me, you know, the paramedics were in the were in the corridor as it happened. But it was a real frightening experience for Jamie as well, who suddenly sat there next to me, seeing me sort of keel over. And then the that's doctors Yeah, that's yeah. my son. I mean he's twenty three, but it's still it's still a Not shock. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. And um you know, the doctor tells him while she's seeing to me, she said, Go and go in the corridor and shout for help. And he goes in the corridor and shouts for help and the paramedics run down and all the doctors from all the other rooms come running out and they're surrounding me. And I didn't know. The thing about it, the other thing about it was that when I actually collapsed, if you want to call it that, I didn't have any pain at all. So it wasn't as if I clutched my chest 
or clutch my arm or anything. All that happened is I just went and felt a bit dizzy and then down I went. So it wasn't as if I clutched my chest. And since uh, since then, I've been going to rehab at Broad Green. Um, I, go, I go and do circuit training and then you have a talk and that's on a Wednesday and a Friday morning. And you learn a lot of things about what you can eat and what you can't eat. And sadly for me, the things that I can't eat are the things that I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I've had to be really... You know, careful with me, with me diet and and everything. You know that I eat and drink. I have to really watch them on uh, medication. I've got to take six tablets a day, three of a morning and three of a night. So it's basically, you know, just be careful. Yeah. You know, you might think you you fit as I did, but at the end of the day, if you've got any doubts, just go and get yourself checked out. I mean, to to just sort of to back up what you're saying, Les. I mean, you know, I pulled some facts and figures today on all this and you know coronary heart disease remains the number one killer in the UK uh, 160,000 people die from heart and circulatory disease 73,000 people die from coronary heart disease That's, this is just in the UK uh, also every seven minutes someone in the UK has a heart attack and uh, there are currently one million men, men now including Les uh, and 500,000 women who are living with the after effects of a heart attack uh, on the NHS website they're, they're their advice regarding a symptom of a heart attack is chest pain, as, as Les has mentioned, uh, shortness of breath, feeling weak and or lightheaded, and, and an overwhelming feeling of anxiety. Um, and, and that, you know, just to reiterate what Les said, really, any sort of anything like that at all, you really should be getting che- it checked out and not ignoring it. Um, in terms of preventing a heart attack as well, um, I'm sure most people will sort of know this type of advice, but again, this is what the NHS are pumping out there. Um, smokers, you should quit. Lose weight if you're over- overweight or obese. Take regular ex- exercise, and the, the recommendations around that are at least two hours and 30 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity each week, uh, unless otherwise advised by your doctor. Uh, a low-fat, high-fiber diet, including grains and plenty of fresh fruit and veg, at least five portions a day. Everyone knows that one. And uh, last and probably the hardest one uh, for many, moderate your alcohol consumption. Um, and there's plenty about alcoholic units on the NHS website if you want to look. I mean, just to uh, to, to, to to go positive, though, Les, you're here. And that's, here. That, that's a fantastic thing, and it's good to see you here today. Uh, but also as well, I mean, you said to me when we were talking on the phone that one of the things that has really boosted you and got you back up on your feet and making you you know feel good about yourself has been all the messages that you received. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> one night it was sort of, I think this was on the, the Monday or Tuesday when I'd been moved from the, the one-to-one unit onto the ward. Um, I was I couldn't sleep, so I put my headphones in and was listening to a couple of shows from the Anfield Rapping, and all of a sudden, Neil come on and I was listening to a show with Neil on and all of a sudden right in the middle of the show he just sent me a get well message and that sort of meant a lot and you know I had I had get well messages from Phil Thompson, David Fairclough, Tony Barrett, uh, Paul Joyce, um, Dave Kirby, Nicky Alt, you know yourself Robbo um, you know and so many people via Facebook and you know via Twitter also sent me a lot of messages because what what I asked my lad to do was so people would know and because if you if you start to text people individually you're just repeating yourself all the time so what I told him to do was to go home and go on my Facebook page and put something on and then he could update that page then 
every night or any time there was an update and let people know who it was rather than repeat himself all the time. And I was, I say, overwhelmed with the amount of messages that I received, um, both via Twitter and via Facebook. But just come back on something you said earlier then, Robbo, when you were you know, reading the stuff in the NHS, one, a couple of things. I don't drink and I don't smoke. I've never drank and I've never smoked. One thing that doctors did say to me was that when he come back and you know he was telling me what had happened and everything, was that if I had smoked, I wouldn't be here now. Mm. So to all you smokers out there, you know, take the advice and know it's difficult, but please give up because if you if if I had been a smoker, you know, my heart would have been even more damaged, mm. and basically again I wouldn't be here now. And you know, is watching Liverpool, being with your family, being with your friends, that's more important than, you know, spending four quid on a pack of 20 or whatever it is now. So, it's you know, <laughs> well, that's how, that's how much I know, you see, I don't even know how much they are now, but, you know, just, and I know it's difficult, I know people might, people go around with the attitude, oh, it'll never happen to me. Mm. And I was probably like that in some of the things, you know, I, I my weakness is chocolate and cans of Coke and stuff like that. So basically, that was probably my week. I can eat as much as I wanted. I go walking, so it won't affect me, but it did. Mm. You know, so please, you know, I'm, I'm I'm quite sort of happy that I'm, you know, now watching Liverpool again, where, you know, on the, on the 14th of July, you know, I might have been facing the abyss and not being able to go and see another game. So, so, so how, we all want to know, Les, how, how, is the, how is the record? Have you kept the record? I've of- kept the record. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was one of them where, to be honest, lads, the football had always been like getting out of bed. You know, if Liverpool are at home, I go to the match. Mm. And I've gone to the match when I've been really ill. Chest infections, abscesses in my mouth, vomiting everywhere. I've still gone to the game and I could tell, I could I could spend an hour telling you stories about when I've been really ill and gone to the game and people have told me not to go and then I've, I've gone the game and basically gone home and collapsed and had to, doctors had to come out to me and all sorts. But I've learned a lesson now that if, if I don't feel well, you know, I can't go because there'll be another match next week or in two weeks' time or a month's time. And nine times out of ten now, you can watch the game on the telly anyway. But what happened was I had my assessment um, for me uh, rehab on the Monday before we played uh, our first home game against Palace where they had to do a bleep test. It was a walking bleep test and they just had you walking quicker and quicker and the bleeps went faster and faster to see how your heart was coping and I passed that with flying colours. So at the end of that test, they asked me, was there anything I'd like to ask them? And I said, yeah, I said, I've got a season ticket for the match. I said, I want to know whether I can still go. And they said, yeah, go. Because one thing that can happen when you've had a heart attack or you've had an episode like I've had is that if you decide, if, if you sort of decide to lock yourself away from everything and don't do the things that you like to do, what will happen is your bed and your favourite chair in front of the telly will become your safety blanket. Mm. So basically you will go to bed you'll feel safe in your bed because you'll go to sleep, then you'll wake up the next morning and then you'll get up and you'll go and sit in your favourite chair and you'll sit there and watch the telly. And that will then lead to you being depressed because you're then not doing the things that you like to do. So what they encourage you to do is do the things that you like to do, providing 
you're feeling up to doing them. So basically now I've got to take it on a, a game by game basis to see how I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling okay, um, you know, then I'll be able to go the game. It was it was pretty airy going to the first one against Crystal Palace because I had all the nerves that I'd never had before about going the game. How am I going to be? And the other thing you think about as well is that I go with my lad and my cousin and there's about 15 of us who five, we've just got three rows, five mates in each row and we've all been going the game together for years. And you think to yourself, well, if I go and I'm not right, I'm going to spoil the game for them anyway. And um, my cousin sort of said to me when he when he comes to pick us up, he said, look, he said, if you don't feel well, we take you home. Yeah, we know you you've got to get through this. So don't worry about, you know, thinking if you if you if you don't feel well about saying nothing to us, mm-hmm. just say something to us. We'll immediately get you home. Don't worry about us, you know, having to leave the match early. It's just making sure that you're all right. And once you get over this hurdle, then you know you'll start to feel better. And then he had the I had the Palace game and then the Arsenal game and then the Hoffenheim game. And the thing was in the Arsenal and Hoffenheim game. It was a case of, I think, the cops stood up for the whole of the game. So, like, standing up for two hours, you know, people might sort of think, well, that's nothing. But when you've been hardly doing anything for weeks, mm. that was a major hurdle for me to get over. So um, I did it. And, you know, you, you then think, wow, I've done that. You know, so that's another positive tick. And, you know, you start to feel more positive about, about the future. Well, it's good to see you up on a boat, Les, and uh, thanks for coming in. Um, and what, what you also said to me, Les, was that you wouldn't mind doing a gutter show when them when those shows come back. <laughs> so we're going to get that sorted because it'd be nice to have you on a show and just get you talking about football rather than this. But we thought it'd be a good one to do this because some very important advice there from Les. I think also as well, it's a nice one to do just because, as I said before, there's a lot of people that know you. I'm sure they'd be glad to, to hear that you're doing well, that you're back at the football as you should be. So yeah, all the best to you, mate. And I'm really, you know, really glad to see you today. And and thanks for coming in. Um, and and we'll do a, we'll do another show with you in nicer circumstances yeah. soon, mate. Um, so that's been a cup of tea. Uh, thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.